This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is a big Thursday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not trying to throw Donald Trump off the ballot. No, ma'am. Arguments being heard right now at the Supreme Court to do exactly that. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Uh, We will tell you straight up on today's broadcast, Byron Donalds is going to be here from the 19th Congressional District of Florida a place that is near and dear to my heart. And country singer John Rich uh, stopping by the program as well. He's got some news to share about all things America. 888-788-9910. If you want a part of the shindig, uh, you know the rule. Uh, be a Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a But before we actually start the show, I should warn everybody listening that if you are calling into the show, just, you know, uh, this may very well be your first time dealing with with a New York Times best-selling author. Boom! We did it, everybody. We did it, man. Oh, my gosh. We actually did it. I don't mean me. I don't mean my publishing team. I don't mean Fox News. All of that's obviously true. We have a tremendous marketing team here, just outrageously great people. Kim Capasso, Caitlin Wall, Kyle Burnett. I mean, just outrageously good people. Lisa Sharkey at HarperCollins, Eric Nelson, who edited the book. But when I say we, I very much mean me and you. Yo, this is our win, and it's a big win. I am the first community college graduate to make the New York Times best seller list. Never been done before. Never could have been done before. Uh, Were it not for you guys who are in on the joke, uh, who kind of get what I'm doing. I am a completely ridiculous person. I went to community college. I majored in Nintendo. I believe it was intro to Zelda. Okay, but the point is, you know, we have a little bit of a story to tell about this country that resonates with a lot of people. Freedom! And that's the whole hook of the book. It's not a big Republican manifesto. It's a, a, a love, you know, note to America, to the fact that we have lost our way as a country. We're fighting a lot of superficial battles in places where we'd normally go to escape them. Politics, comedy, music, movies, they've all become battlegrounds in the culture wars. The whole point of my book is to get us back to an era where we know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. And the fact that this is a New York Times bestseller from Fox News of all places really is a testament to our vibe, our sensibility resonating all over the country. So I will say it again. 
Wow. Big deal. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who made this possible. If you got an autographed copy of the Cancel Culture Dictionary, uh, they are starting to mail them out today. I have signed every single one of those books because I wanted to be as invested in you as you were in me. I didn't want it to be one of those things where like, yeah, you'll get it in a month or you'll get it, you know, three weeks from now. I wasn't going to do that. Okay, I got them all signed. They're all going out. I truly appreciate every one of you that's taken even the smallest amount of your time and invested in what I do. And uh, I have to tell you, beyond that, it's just like my mind is blown. Like I'm really happy for for us, like for the country. Like every time something good happens to me, my first, you know, turnaround because I'm young and I'm stupid and I care is like, oh, we could like help the country. Like if the book works or the TV show works or the radio show works. Okay, that's how I'm wired to think because I just want I just want to have fun. I don't want to fight. I don't want to be in like a political, you know, pretend civil war on Twitter my whole life. It's disgusting. You know, but this validates my belief that there are a lot of people wired just the way I am. And the sales of this book are proof that that's true. He knows what he's talking about. But the thing that I really take the most joy in, and I mean this, and you should know this, is really that. This is all driven by the success of this radio show because radio is what I wanted to do. When I was a cab driver, I was driving around in my cab all day listening to Imus in the morning. Dagan McDowell was on the show back then. She was funny, and, you know, obviously Imus was a really sweet guy. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. whatever. I liked the show. And I used to listen to Imus and go, wow, I would like to do something like this on the radio where you were talking to like big name lawmakers, but you were also having fun. You were also telling a lot of jokes. You know, maybe we can even write some song parodies, which we did. And the popularity of our show exploded. And then, of course, the suit showed up and we're like, yeah, legal won't let you play the song parodies. That's just how white folks will do you. And away they've gone. Uh, but the fighting fun spirit of the show has endured. And the fact that this growth and success of this show is what ultimately made me a bigger deal on television, which is what ultimately got me to a place where I have my own TV show and my own best selling book. That is all a testament to the fact that what we're doing on this show really does resonate with most people. We are wired to have fun you know and if you frequent this type of vibe it is infectious you'd rather walk around in a good mood than a bad mood so i see today as a validation not just on my instincts as a cab driver and that i knew i wanted to do this type of show and i thought there was a market for it that i wasn't hearing on the radio because everything i was listening to was angry just a lot of angry conservative talk radio at the time there was some liberal talk radio happening didn't really work the best you know they had air america if you remember Like a lot of liberal boondoggles. They attached a lot of celebrities, invested a lot of money, had a lot of hype. But at the end of the day, okay, what I recognized and you recognized and we really should take a victory lap for is there's a huge market in this country. And I'm amazed more people aren't tapping into it. There's a huge market in this country, not for liberal talk shows or conservative talk shows, but for American talk shows. And that is there's no way there's any of you have met me and gone like, oh, no, no, this guy's just like a party shell. Dude, I could care less. Republican Party sucks right now. They're terrible. OK, you get that. Like, I'm really fighting for a rising tide that lifts all boats uh, because we all benefit, whether it's Republican president or Democratic president. If the country does well, we do better. OK, so I don't want us cannibalizing each other day in and day out as a lifestyle. And I just I am so thrilled 
that people get the value of that. That's what today is about. It's a day for me to thank you, uh, but it's a day for you to know your instincts are correct. Most people see it your way. So although the squeaky wheels get the most grease on social media, you know, and extremist takes and provocative positions are what will get you likes and digital dopamine, what actually gets you progress is exactly what you and me are doing. So one more bow uh, for you guys to take and we'll get on with the show. This is for you. Again, am I sharing the royalties? No, but that's also just because, you know, I had to write the thing. <laughs> I had to, you know, I had to do all this stuff. I kid. Uh, we're going to be doing about 35 dates. Uh, we're going to sign a lot of books. I'm going to meet all of you. We're going to take selfies. We're going to sign books. We're going to sign hats. We're going to sign butts. We're going to sign breasts. I know how this crowd rolls. I've seen it before. This is a very frisky audience. I love it when you talk dirty. Well, a lot of them do. Uh, but right now, what we're talking about is how they're doing Donald Trump dirty at the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court debating today whether Trump can be removed from Colorado's primary ballot. Now, the primary ballot is not the general election ballot, but you understand all of this stuff sets precedence. Okay, the precedent they're trying to attempt to set right now, which is really shameful and fascinating, is what they're using in the Constitution is Article 14, which bars anyone who participates in an insurrection against the government from being on the presidential ballot again. There's only one small problem. Donald Trump is not being charged anywhere, not in any court, with committing an insurrection. Oh, wow. They are literally trying to bar him for committing a crime he hasn't even been charged with. What the hell is the world coming to? That's the beginning, the middle and the end of the conversation, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Libertarian, whether you're just agnostic, you were just switching radio stations and you just heard this weirdo's voice. You're like, who is this guy? This can't be the real host. Let's stay tuned to this, honey. Let's see how it plays out. Maybe the other host is going to you know, untie himself or the authorities are going to barrel in. There's no way a man with this levited, limited level of intellect is in charge of a nationally syndicated talk show this big. There's just no way, honey. We got to stay tuned. I get that we get a lot of those listeners. People just can't fathom that this – I am not the guest host. I'm the real host. What a crazy world. But it's a good story about the country and the things you can achieve here. But stick with me. Okay, no matter what your political beliefs are, okay – the truth of what's happening. This is just the truth. Do what you want with the truth. Okay, but the truth of what's happening is they're trying to justify removing Trump from the ballot over a crime he's not charged with committing. This is the equivalent of getting mad at someone for something they did in your dream. This is, by definition, insanity. Insanity if they believed that what they were doing was right or just, or supported by the facts. They don't believe any of that. They're just trying to find a way to get him off the ballot. Because if a state gets him off the ballot, other states can go, yeah, as a matter of fact, based on that ruling, get him off in Maine. And we saw that happen too. They're trying to get him off as well. 
and you're trying to see all of these liberal states open the floodgate to getting them off the primary ballot. Now, let's think about this. The primary is not the general election, you guys. So it's probably not a big deal at the end of the day. Wrong. Because if they legally can justify getting him off the primary ballot, they can turn around and go, well, how the hell could he be in the general? I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, and it's so easy to see through. It's fascinating that they don't, or maybe they do, but if, you know, I, I don't know that they possess the self-awareness to realize how transparently ridiculous this play is. Okay, because when politics become too emotional for you, when anything in life becomes too emotional for you, and you start operating from your a place of your emotions, you start acting with your heart instead of your brain. Okay, when you find yourself inside out, it denies you the self-awareness to know that what you're doing is crazy. When you get in a fight with someone you're dating, you lose your mind, you say all things, you know, to one, you know, sorry, Jenny, you know, when the fight's over, okay, you realize, uh, you know, you apologize. Hey, you know, things got out of hand. I wasn't, you know, I was mad, you know, that that's what happens because you're emotional, you're doing things. And then you got to be like, hey, babe, I didn't mean to call you a one-legged pirate hooker. You clearly have both legs as a pirate hooker. But the point is, okay, that's where emotion takes you. And that's where emotion has taken the Democrats. They hate Trump. And this is the most fascinating thing about their hatred for him, okay, is that all of the Trump hatred and all of their belief in him being an existential threat to our existence is based on their own manufactured hysteria when it comes to this guy. That's true. That is true. Okay, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Every Democrat that's like Trump exists, we're all going to die. You know what they were doing before Trump got into politics? They were hanging out with Trump. That is correct. He was donating to their campaigns. They were going to Mar-a-Lago. They were hanging out at his parties. They were hobnobbing with Melania. Hubba, hubba. Okay, they were all doing that. Okay, Trump was on NBC. NBC. NBC is as mainstream as it gets. Jimmy Fallon is on NBC. Does anybody see Jimmy Fallon? As some type of an extremist. He's Jimmy Fallon. He's the closest thing you have to Johnny Carson. He's a variety act. He's a comedian. He can sing. He can dance. He can do impressions. He's Jimmy Fallon. He's harmless. He's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, he might hurt himself if you don't get him at a happy hour in time. But the point is, that's who Trump was on with. He was on MS, uh, NBC. The network that employs Jimmy Fallon, the network that employed Johnny Carson, the network that employed Jay Leno. As mainstream in American homes as it gets, Donald Trump hosted a primetime show on NBC for 15 years. And you know what he did on NBC for 15 years? He talked out of his ass. He fired people for theatrical sport and was the highest rated primetime show in their lineup. Hardly a fringe loony who came out of a shed with a shaved head. And started screaming white supremacist garb, okay? Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Pugnacious, he's crass, okay? He says a lot of things you might not agree with, you might not necessarily endorse. But this idea that he's an existential threat to our existence is a manufactured hysteria that they themselves whipped up to defeat him politically. Okay, most of what they're using as a justification to ban him from the ballot is just based on their own interpretation of his actions, Okay, January 6th is not an insurrection. They weren't trying to overthrow the most powerful government in the world with no weapons. 
Okay, never mind if you were going to take it a step further. Trump couldn't be overthrowing the government at the time. Why? Because Trump was in charge of the government. You are correct, sir. Okay. It's the most mind-blowingly stupid thing I've ever seen, but you only find yourself attempting these types of legal Hail Marys when you're desperate. Okay, believe me, I've been as a, I was a problem gambler when I was young. I've been in places where I'm down $8,000 I don't have, and I come up with an idea to get it back that's really not a good idea. Uh, if you don't believe me, call into the show and ask Jenny the next time she's on the show. I know what it's like to be desperate. I know what it's like to be emotional. And it's so transparent when you see it on other people. Okay? And all you take away from the Supreme Court arguments today, and I'm going to play you the clips, okay, is you can think Trump is a jerk. You could not like him. You could tell me you'll never vote for him. You're never Trump. Listen, I I entitle you to that. That's America. That's your opinion. And you're welcome to it. Okay, but there's no objective way to watch this and conclude anything other than the fact that Donald Trump on trial today is not a testament to him being an existential threat to the country. It's a testament to his hold on the Democrats, driving them to heights that make them capable of ruining everything because they don't know how reckless they're being. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. There it is, Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's David Axelrod. As high up on the totem pole of Democratic advisors as there are, he's on CNN. Telling the truth, to his credit, about removing Trump from the ballot. Here's clip five. I'm not here as an apologist for Donald Trump, and I'm certainly not here as a lawyer. Uh, But I'm sure that uh, one of the things the Supreme Court has to consider is what is the impact of a decision like that? Um, You know, there are a lot, there are myriad legal questions that they're going to consider tomorrow. Some will undoubtedly offer off ramps if they want an off ramp. But I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if the Supreme Court said, we're removing the front-running uh, Republican candidate uh, from the ballot uh, and, uh, and, and essentially saying to the American people, you won't have the opportunity uh, to vote for him. And, and he's pulling a full Kevin Meany, and he's basically saying... That's not right! It's not right. Okay, you got Trump, who's leading the Republican field by 60 points. He's leading Biden in every key swing state. And the Democratic argument is... Democracy's on the ballot. We've got to protect the integrity of our elections by destroying the integrity of our elections. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But that's what they're selling you here. That's the play. Trump is a threat to election integrity because he questioned the last election. Never mind that the Democrats didn't exactly throw a perfect game after the previous election. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, You can run the best campaign, 
You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. So if questioning an election and claiming it was stolen is a threat to democracy, I don't know, just lock up everybody. And they can all go back to hanging out. Trump, the Clintons, just the way they did before he entered politics. It's such a scam, man. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, TV host, radio host, New York Times best-selling author. We did it. We did it. Today is uh, obviously we got a lot of heavy lifting to do in terms of the news cycle, but uh, it is a three-hour celebration uh, for all of us because this is very much our win. Uh, joining us now, a man who played a small part himself. Michael is now in Hagerstown, Maryland. Michael. <laughs> oh, Jim, oh, my Lord. I'm sending you a barrel of Crisco so you can grease that swollen head to squeeze it out the fox front door, you best-selling author, you. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Yo, listen, though. I think this is funny. Like, I think it's not, it's not exciting. It's making me laugh because you understand everyone else on the list is like an elite. You know what I mean? Like, this is like Rodney oh, Dangerfield. Yeah in Caddyshack, getting into the elite oh, yeah. fancy country club and just kind of talking a lot of smack. Everybody else is an academic, you know? Oh, absolutely. Is- oh, yeah, they're like uh, Ted Knight looking down at Rodney. What is he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I think hey, Harper... So what I, Go ahead. What I wondered was, what's next? A feature-length movie? Oh, uh, a centerfold spread? Oh. Or the more probable Jimmy's Tequila? Oh, the Jimmy's tequila. Uh, that could happen. I, I don't know where this goes. Um, it's really, Michael, that's so funny that you even say that. Uh, but I think what will happen, for real, because the next thing I, wa- I want to write another book, but I want to write for the world a guide to making your most unrealistic dreams come true. Because I oh, wow. actually know how I pulled this off. Like, I don't sit here like – I'm not shocked by any of it. Like, because the only reason I was able to live long enough to do this is because I was crazy enough to believe I could. Like, I convinced myself that I was going to do this all someday. So good I sit you. here – I know. You. Well, you got to be a little bit of a sociopath, so it probably wasn't good. But it was good because here we are. But I want to write that guide and just give it back to the world. Basically what I'm trying to do, Michael, for real – is buy myself enough spiritual currency that I can then blow all of this and go bottom out and gain 200 pounds. You feel me? Because that's what I <laughs> that's what I want to do. Like, I already got the win. I got a TV show. I got a radio show. I got a best-selling book. I don't need to accomplish anything for the fat guy version of me in the suburbs. You dig? So I want to help everybody else accomplish what they aim to accomplish and that I'll be able to live with myself when I go become a big, fat nothing and just indulge all of my bad habits. So, so the day that Jimmy Fallon fades off of everything, well, he reached his goal. He's gone. He's oh, out. No, no. I don't know Listen, where he is. There's not going to be a fade. <laughs> I'm going to, like, walk onto the set of the five and flip-flops in a tank top and start cursing at people on live TV. <laughs> and, and, and then I'm going to get tased and drug off of the Fox lot for the last time. No, no, we're not going out with a fade, homie. We're doing this right.
Yeah, there you go. The most memorable exit in Thank the you. history of the world. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> well said. So if you want to know what's next, what's next is tequila. Not the kind I'm endorsing, the kind I'm about to drink in this commercial break. Amen, brother. Thank you. All right. Ten four, buddy. My man. <laughs> the great Michael. There he goes. Hagerstown, Maryland. Everybody loves a good Michael. Get him out of here. Get him out. Stop it. We love Michael. But honestly, if you wanted to know, if you wanted some insight into me, the person you guys have created, um, I, I've, listen, man, I'm good. Like, I've pulled it all off. I mean, I'm going to keep working hard because I'm just wired to work hard. I come from a long line of workers, you know, cops, soldiers, and farmers. That's what Lincoln has in his DNA. Cops, soldiers, and farmers. That's all we got in my family. You know, and, you know, beer and whiskey enthusiasts. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Fat, drunk, and stupid has me on the New York Times bestseller list, Dean Wormer, so you can stick it. But the point is, getting to where I'm sitting right now, I just want to help everybody else, man. And then I'll go bottom out, gain 150 pounds. I want to go be Fat Elvis. You understand? I showed up to Fox to write Kennedy's show on Fox Business and have a nice time. And I worked too hard, and now it's ballooned beyond all believable bounds, and I've got to go be like a showbiz figure. Dude, I eat yogurt right now. Yogurt. I mean, dude. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Oh, it's horrible. Cashews and yogurt so I could be somewhat presentable on TV. And to be clear, I am barely presentable on TV. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Like, I'm not cut out for this. I'm enjoying it. It's amazing. But if I could make most of your dreams come true and then I could just go be Fat Elvis in the suburbs somewhere, get me a nice McMansion outside of Columbus or Idaho Falls or you ship me down to Oak Tulsa, think I wouldn't go hang out with Levi May? And Danny Boy O'Connor, the KRMG crowd down in Tulsa. Oh, my God, the barbecue. Go blow all my money at the Native American gambling reservation. That's my dream. Do you understand? Are you stupid or something? No. Just a fun-loving dude. Okay, but as we sit here talking right now about the actual growings-on of the show, here's a great one. So the investigation into Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, into Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents, that investigation has concluded. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Well, we don't know definitively that he is, but the investigation is now at the White House for a privilege review. When you're the president, you have a privilege to review special counsel investigations, even if they involve you. So Biden is now looking at their reporting on him. Come on, man. Listen, I don't think he's going to jail. Uh, I think he was reckless because he didn't have the security precautions in place that Trump did. Now, you could tell me Trump had things from the White House he shouldn't have had. Fine, maybe. Okay, I'll cop to that. I don't know the answer. But I do know Trump was in a home with 24-hour, 365-day Secret Service protection. We do know that. Biden's documents were in his garage, an unlocked garage, in a crate next to a Corvette that his crackhead son has been photographed driving on multiple occasions. Hunter's a dirtbag. But why is it significant? Not because he's a dirtbag. I'm a dirtbag. What's the big deal? Okay, the big deal is that Hunter and that Corvette being parked next to those classified documents at a time when Hunter was making millions of dollars from some of our biggest geopolitical foes on the planet 
to get them access to his father. Are you the big man, Joe? There is the potential for someone who has a crack addiction, for someone who's making millions of dollars off foreign governments, there is a great potential for them to become a security risk if they are exposed to protected information. Okay, now what this report will actually tell us remains to be seen. But understand that Biden took these documents as a senator and a vice president, neither of which gives him declassification authority. Now, Trump as a president could declassify anything he wants. That doesn't mean the documents he had were declassified, but it does mean he has more of an authority over these documents than somebody like Biden, who was a senator and a vice president at the time. But the idea that they raided Mar-a-Lago with guns drawn, let's be very clear. Donald Trump, not the first high-ranking government official to hold on to classified information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Okay, and when Hillary Clinton was subpoenaed, she destroyed the server and the laptop and used bleach bit to clean it completely. Does that sound like somebody who had nothing to hide? Does it sound like someone who cooperated with the investigation? No, of course not. That's someone that basically said to the establishment, hey, F you, I'm Hillary Clinton. And she didn't get in trouble for it. Okay, Trump being criminally indicted for it. A little bit of a sliding standard here if you're paying attention. So it'll be very interesting to see what becomes of the Biden document deal. There's a part of me that's like, what if they do charge him? Because they're so desperate to get him off the ballot, this becomes the end around to forcing them out without them having to acknowledge that they ran him in 2020, knowing that his elevator didn't go all the way to the top floor. Biden's lost his marbles. Guys, I played you the clip earlier in the week of Biden talking to the president of Germany, who he then referred to as the president of France, who, lo and behold, had actually died 25 years before this conversation had taken place. So you understand that. Okay, the Mitterrand clip that I've played you, I'll play it for you again if you want to be entertained. It's sad, though. Okay, Biden legitimately says, you know, I talked to Mitterrand, the G7, president of Germany, I mean France, which is true. He was president of France. The only problem is he died 25 years earlier. Clip 17. Right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. It was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Have you ever had a check? I mean, think about that. Gets the country wrong, then he gets the guy wrong, completely wrong. Guy died 25 years ago. Okay, we're being jerks if we let him continue as president. Like, we are abusing this man as a country. I understand his family doesn't care. They like the power. I understand the elected D.C. bureaucrats don't care. But where is the adult in the room in the Democratic Party? There's a part of me that wants to believe, that wants to appeal to the better angels who realize, hey, maybe, okay, you know, Maybe, you know, we really want to be in charge of the government for another four years, but maybe this isn't the way to do it. Maybe we just throw somebody younger in there. Okay, I'm not telling you, like, when I play these Biden clips, like, so you're obligated to vote for Trump. I think Trump's better than Biden personally, policy-wise. I think he's way better, way better. But, 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 the only thing I'm asking the Democrats to do is run somebody else. This guy can't be running anything. Now I'm going to play this Hillary Vaughn clip. 
okay, because this is bananas. Okay, but Biden apparently last night in a private conversation with the pool talked about a conversation he had, this is crazy, with the chancellor of Germany who, oh, by the way, happened to die four years before the conversation. Here is Jackie Heinrich, excuse me, clip 14. For the second time this week, Biden told a story about a 2021 summit detailing a conversation with a foreign leader who died years ago. The last time he told this exact same story on Sunday, he swapped out French President Macron for the late French President Mitterrand, who died in 1996. This time he swapped out German Chancellor Angela Merkel for the late German Chancellor Helmut Kohl, who died in 2017. Talking about January 6th, Biden said, quote, I sat down and I said, well, America, America's back, and the president of France looked at me and said, for how long? I never thought of it this way. Then Helmut Kohl of Germany looked at me and said, what would you say, Mr. President, if you picked up the London Times tomorrow morning and learned that a thousand people had broken down the doors? So do you understand just the significance of what we're talking about here? Okay. Biden has told this story three different times. All three times he used a different dead person this man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup dude it's one thing to have a slip of the mind a slip of the tongue we all have them okay this guy has them constantly all the time okay we have to be better than this as a country as a people if you're a liberal you're listening to this dude are you out of your mind the guy can't be in charge you just can't be in charge i'm not saying so screw you give it to trump i don't this is not my call I'm just telling you, there's no way this guy can be in charge. Nobody in their right mind is watching Joe Biden go the wrong way at the end of the speech, shake hands with an invisible person, or talk to dead people on... We're closing in on 10 times that I can tell you specifically. He has told a story about conversing with someone who was dead decades earlier. In the state of, excuse me, the case of the late, great Jackie Walorski from Indiana, she had died in the previous six months. So if you want to give me a mulligan on that one, I'll give it to you. But he's told the Amtrak story by CNN's count. By CNN's count. C-N-N. CNN is the worst. Maybe so. Okay, but by their count, 12 different times, he has told the story of Angelo, the Amtrak train conductor, who he met as vice president and told him he had more miles on Amtrak than he did on the planes. He had broken a record. The only problem, Angelo had died 10 years before Biden was vice president. He's told that story 12 times, you guys. I understand it's stuck in his head. Yeah, I've, there are jokes I've told on TV 15 times. Different hits, different hours of the day over the course of a year and a half. The subject matter comes up. You didn't expect it to. Your brain reflexively just nails a jump shot from the corner. They're like, man, this guy's good. But it's just, you just, you know, got a fortuitous look at the basket. It's not anything to do with me being good. It's just like sometimes if you're a comedian and you listen, you find really good, easy openings. You take advantage of them if you're smart. But Joe Biden is not finding openings. He is finding dead people frequently in conversation. Okay, you've got the Jackie Walorski story. You've got at least 12 of the Amtrak stories. You've got three of these this week where he tells the same story about different people, all of whom are dead. Okay, you've got the... Situation in South Carolina last week 
where he's like, yeah, the congresswoman, I just took a picture with her. She was here a minute ago. She was never there. She was in D.C. for the whole entire press conference. There was no picture taken. Okay, that's what we're dealing with right now. And I'm not yelling and screaming as like a Republican. I'm just telling you as somebody who cares about the country, we are abusing. We are actually abusing this man by making him do this job for another second. Okay, and shame on every single Democrat is like, no, no, it's fine. No, this guy's got this guy's got four more years. You cannot be serious. No, you can't. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing the Chevy Corvette Joe Biden edition, a car that's so high tech, the owner's manual is classified. People know I take classified documents, classified material seriously. Any sports car can get you in trouble with the cops, but the Biden Corvette will get you in trouble with the FBI. I I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't, I, I probably shouldn't say. You'll never worry about tire pressure again because the Biden Corvette keeps inflation sky. It's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid symbol. And its sleek design will leave you extra space in your garage for government documents. But I don't know what's in the documents. My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. The Chevy Corvette Biden edition. The first car to go from zero to special counsel in 3.8 seconds. Whoa! A lot of things you forget when you follow politics day in and day out. And this is like the funniest punchline of them all is when they were going after Trump for classified documents at the time, we were being told, we've never seen this before. Wrong. Then over the summer, of course, we found Biden had documents not only in his garage, but in multiple college campus locations that didn't have Secret Service protection or government protection or anything of the sort. Biden was really reckless, had them in his Delaware house, had him in his beach house, had him at the University of Pennsylvania, like really, really reckless. Like if this is a crime, obviously you'd arrest him, you know, but if it's one of these sliding scales, the prosecutor can use discretion, then I think most objective observers would tell you the discretion's probably going to give the Democrats a freebie. And keep the heels on Trump. And that's why we're in a bad spot as a country. People don't believe we're seeing an equal application of the law in this country. They're trying to throw Trump off the ballot right now for a crime he's not being criminally charged with. I mean, it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Uh, It's also one of the most desperate things we'll ever see. We'll get into it in the next hour because we got a banger coming up right here on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. Did you look who came back to work for another big hour of Fox Across America? Dig this. John Rich, country music superstar. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. He's coming to our city in this hour. We're going to have a little chit-chat. About the, I don't know what you'd even call this. They're arguing at the Supreme Court over banning Donald Trump from the ballot. 
I think it's a real embarrassment to the country. Uh, there are some people arguing on the contrary. You're certainly welcome to if that's how you feel. But my only question. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. You're an actual crazy person if you think this is OK. Guys, understand really quick. I'm not running the Donald Trump radio defense fund. OK, my party. Uh, I say this all the time. I'm not doing a conservative talk show. I'm doing an American talk show. Freedom! It's bad for America. If you're removing someone from the presidential ballot who happens to be the leading guy in the polls, leads the Republican Party by a mile. He's beating Biden in every one of those key swing states right now. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. And the people trying to remove him from the ballot are doing it under the guise of we're just protecting the integrity of our elections. That is a lie. It's a huge lie. Do you think more people are going to believe in the integrity of our elections if we rip the leading candidate off the ballot and use a crime that he's not being charged with? As a justification, I mean, come on, man. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. A lot of people are. Listen, I don't think it's good that Trump said the election was stolen if he can't show you the proof. But doesn't make him any worse than the Democrats who told you the election was stolen and couldn't show you the proof. I mean, you could we could start calling these out like square dances. I have so many montages of Democrats saying elections were stolen. I could play you montages of Democrats saying the voting machines were hacked. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. Right. Which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. Forty three percent of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines, um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact-checked. Yo, that's Kamala Harris telling you that after the 2016 election, they actually hacked the voting machines themselves just to show how easy it was. That is offensive, and it is not true. It didn't actually happen, but they were willing to say that to undermine the integrity of the 2016 election. No, no, Trump only won because you could hack the voting machines. We hacked it ourselves as a demo just to show you how hackable it was. Then four years later, Trump's like, they stole it, and the Democrats are like, how dare you? What kind of monster would go out and say an election was stolen? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Every one of you? Every one of them. 
said an election was stolen. So you understand the idea that Trump said 2020 was stolen and they want to throw him off the ballot for that is a scam. Then you throw them all off the ballot. But the point I'm trying to make is not on behalf of Trump or on behalf of Biden. It's on behalf of the country. Is anybody watching this play out going, yeah, no, this is good for the country. It's not good for the country. You know what would have been good for the country in a post-January 6th world? An investigation into election integrity. I think he's got a point. Seriously. If you got the Democrats saying the election was stolen in 2016. The Democrats said the election was stolen in 2004 when Bush beat Kerry. Democrats said the election was stolen in 2000 when Bush beat Al Gore. Okay, and you got Trump saying 2020 was stolen. That is a combined four elections in six elections that someone said were stolen. Three times the Democrats said it was stolen. Once they claimed it was an elaborate plot that was actually enacted by Vladimir Putin. It was made up by these sick people. They went as far as to launch a special counsel based on their own made-up reporting. Hillary Clinton's campaign, we now know this, through the Durham report, went to the FBI as, quote, concerned citizens. <laughs> But that's the quote you're supposed to believe. They showed up to the FBI as concerned citizens. So they were just concerned. We've heard some reporting that Trump is working with an alpha bank. It's a back channel reporting that Trump is doing all of his business through the Russian government with this alpha bank. And we just wanted to give the FBI a heads up as concerned citizens. (laughs) Straight clown stuff. But then what did they turn around and do? Once they confirmed the FBI had their concerned report, they ran out to the media and they said, hey, by the way, did you hear? The FBI is investigating some type of tie between Trump and Russia. And the media ran right with it. It's gross that in the hysteria of everything that went down, there was never a full reckoning for just how much damage the Democrats intentionally did to this country. Okay, you understand the Mueller probe was a coup attempt. It was a soft coup. It wasn't guns. It wasn't a war. It was a death by a thousand cuts scenario where the Democrats leaked one anonymously sourced bombshell after another, anonymously sourced because none of it was true. They had nobody who could corroborate it. But they were trying to get Trump to self-destruct fire Robert Mueller and create the perception that there was a there, there. Bingo. So they not only claimed it was stolen fraudulently, but they tried to weaponize their own fraudulent claim with the help of their own media surrogates to get Trump bounced out of office. And in the process, I would say better than 60% of all Democrats to this day believe that Russia stole the 2016 election. Wrong. No, we know it's not true because of the Mueller report and the Durham report, but the Dem- their emotions are their facts. A lot of people believe this. So you understand when you have that level of skepticism into the integrity of our elections, you have four years of Democrats demonstrating that nothing, and I mean nothing, is beneath them when it comes to discrediting and stopping Donald Trump. Okay, the idea that Trump would turn around and believe the election was stolen isn't that surprising. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not telling you, all right, let him, you know, let him get away with it. But at the same time, how could he not doubt what they did? 
So for my money, all I'm saying is we should have a bipartisan election, election integrity commission. That's what you do. Let's go through and study to the bowels of the earth how the votes were counted in 2020. For good measure, do it in 2016. Go as far as you can possibly go. But why aren't we having that? Why aren't we having that? Oh, my gosh, Jimmy, that makes so much sense. Why aren't we having that? Because they want you to believe that if we talk about stolen elections, something violent will happen. January 6th could happen. We could never look at the 2020 election. We saw what happened to January 6th. It was a deadly white supremacist insurrection. (laughs) January 6th was terrible. Awful. I condemn it from every angle. Wouldn't make the top 25 episodes of political violence in the summer of 2020. Probably the most theatrical, it being at the Capitol. And again, I condemned it live on the air. I was like, this is gross. I was one of the first people in conservative media to say Trump shouldn't have been speaking down the block from the Capitol that day because the potential for unrest was there. That being said, what they've tried to repurpose something as heinous as January 6th as into something far worse has been destructive to our country. But they're trying to use it as a justification for any type of unprecedented attack on Trump and our elections that they can possibly use it for. They've already impeached him over January 6th. That failed. Then they had a made-for-TV January 6th commission that aired last summer in prime time with the help of ABC TV producers. That went nowhere. Now they're trying to prosecute him over it, even though the impeachment on it has failed, even though the commission didn't find anything new. They're trying to use the evidence they've had for three years as a justification for acting now in an election year knowing full well he could have been charged two years ago, three years ago, almost four years ago, which means the timing of this is purely political. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. But if you really wanted to help the country, believe me, most, I would say, whew, I really travel the country, and I have very honest conversations with, like, my friends. I don't mean politically active people. I don't mean people who are working in media. Just like last night, I went out with my buddy Dean, my buddy Ken. We had a steak around the block, and we ruined the whole meal because it was supposed to be like us catching up. And then they were like, Jimmy's on the bestseller list. And that became me just being like, wow, singing for he's a jolly good fellow to myself while my friends ate steak and badmouthed me for being such a slob (laughs) while I ate it. Now, we had a great night. But the point is, when I get into it with my friends, like we really, really, really talk. Most people I know think the 2020 election was stolen. Most people I know. Democrat and Republican think it was stolen. And I don't have that proof. I'm not telling you it was. I can't prove that. But I'm saying when they look at how hard the Democrats are going out of their way to keep the Trump off the ballot this time around, it's almost as if they have a motivation for keeping him out of office beyond the fact that they want power. They might just also want whatever the hell they did to remain a secret. If, heaven forbid, there's something he could find out by getting back into that office. I don't have the answer. I don't know that. Okay, but when you really look at how dirty they've tried to do him and in what an unprecedented manner they've gone about doing it in. Okay, you understand, in the 247-year history of this country, we had never indicted a president once. Never once in 247 years. We've now endorsed, indicted a guy 91 times. Guys, it's not normal. 
Okay, and when you look at some of the charges, a local prosecutor in New York trying to indict him on federal charges for paying off Stormy Daniels, he didn't even have the jurisdiction to do it. But Alvin Bragg breaking the threshold of indictment opened the floodgates for every other local prosecutor that wanted to make a name for themselves indicting Donald Trump. And that's what they're doing. They're just trying to fail up. They don't need convictions in the court of public opinion. They just need convictions in the court of law. The fact that he's under these indictments, okay, is the reason they can run out there and be like, we got to take him off the ballot. Guy's a criminal. Now, in this country, you have the presumption of innocence. Okay, but they're not affording that to Donald Trump. Okay, and they're not affording it to Donald Trump. Okay, because these are not people that are bargaining with you in good faith. This is absolutely about political power. If this was about restoring the sanctity of our elections, give me a big billion-dollar bipartisan election committee. Go look into the investigate, investigate the integrity of the last two elections. The fact that no one's even talking about that and they're saying like guys like me should be in jail for even suggesting it tells you everything you need to know. It's a scam. Do you remember the movie Chinatown? When it, uh, Mr. Gitz, the Jack Nicholson, you know, has them dead to rights in the last scene of the movie and no one will play along with him. He's like, wait, I have the answer. What do you mean? And he's like, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Meaning these the fix is in. These people are going to do what they want to do. They're not listening to you. They're not even humoring this with like a forward-facing, respectful reply. Okay, believe me, if you care about election integrity, you care about people not doubting elections, you care about people not undermining elections, go have a bipartisan election commission. But they don't want to have one. And they're trying to use January 6th as a justification. Okay, but let's be very honest. January 6th was really bad. It was really bad. But it wasn't anything close to the attacks on the White House. When Trump was in the White House, 500 Secret Service agents had to be treated. They had to put up additional fences. Okay, it wasn't anything close to the George Floyd riots in the summer of 2020. And if you want to talk about federal property, let's get into the federal courthouses burnt down. If you want to talk about municipal property, let's get into the police stations set on fire in Minneapolis and Seattle, Portland and places like that. The point is January 6th was really bad. But the way you avoid another one is not by refusing to talk about what sparked the chaos. It's by diving in headfirst and having a real investigation. They won't let you do that, which tells you everything you need to know. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The critics have spoken. I really appreciate fine art. You do? Yes. And, and this, this isn't it. Oh, 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 oh. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with John Rich in the next break. His opening act. In St. Petersburg Beach, Florida, Wally on the line. Wally! <laughs> Jimmy, my man, uh, uh, the big author, the big New York it author. Uh, I want to know, are we going to see a Truman Capote fashion change? Oh, am I like, you know when Bob Dylan went electric after his success? <laughs> are, is, is there any expectation, really? Like, you listen to the show and you've met me in person. Like, I've looked you in the eye. Um, is there an expectation that, like, I'm going to change? Like, what are people actually saying behind my back, Wally? 
Well, I'm not at liberty to discuss on a family <laughs> radio show exactly what's been oh, talked Wally! about. <laughs> but I do want to talk also about the Supreme Court, the Colorado mm. uh, case. And I want to say that this Colorado case is the downside of Colorado marijuana. <laughs> it is only, it is only it, this is only something that comes up amongst a group of people smoking marijuana and it's wow i have an idea <laughs> <laughs> listen man i mean if you think this is going to work you might be on heavier stuff than marijuana because the court's about to shoot this down it's just ridiculous that we're even doing it it's it is and it's you know the other side of it is these are these states that are doing this. Donald Trump was not going to win their electoral votes anyway. Yep. But you know what it is? So, they try to use this as a precedent. It's like Alvin Bragg indicting Trump allowed the floodgates to open for other states to indict him. The non-Trump states taking him off the ballot gives an opportunity for maybe some of the middle of the road states, the swing states, to try it. Like, believe me, Michigan would like to try this. Wisconsin would like to try this. Pennsylvania would love to try this in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's the problem. But what? But still, and just once again, because it's in the Supreme Court mm -hmm. and we're getting to hear it, yep. there, are, there are about 8 billion people in this world that would love to be going. If, if this is the political... You know, fighting that you see, they would love to be, you know, have yep. this opportunity. No, I agree. It's all bananas. But you get it. Good analysis as always. And I appreciate you not telling me what people are saying behind my back. I'll find a more forthright caller as the show progresses. Great stuff, Wally. We'll do it again. John Rich, country music superstar. Redneck Riviera. Redneck Riviera whiskey. The whole barnyard jamboree joins us next on Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. Joining us now, just an embarrassment of Radio Riches uh, here at the Fox Across America team. Country music superstar, uh, the proprietor of the Redneck Riviera down there in Nashville. I am talking about John Rich, my man. What's up, Cousin Jimmy, man? Congrats on the new show. You're killing it, brother. Dude, it's outrageous. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, you know how much that means coming from you because you know how much respect I have for you and all the work you do. The question is, John Rich, uh, it, could we ever get the American people of the gift of John Rich on my Saturday night show? <laughs> well, nobody's invited me yet. Oh, no, you, you have, have no idea. Listen to me. Can I tell you what's actually going on between you and me? If you want to know about that, you'll certainly be invited. Um, the show... Uh, if you come to watch it, it looks nothing else like anything on Fox because in a noose in the infancy stages, they really want you to create your own weird ecosystem. So I have booked about eight comedians, good comedians that no one has ever heard of. And that's kind of how you build out the vibe. And then you just kind of supplement it. Like Kennedy, who gave me my start at Fox News, has never been on the show. Like as a Sicilian, I actually owe her like half the money. That's how I'm wired. Uh, and she's going to be on this week for the first time. So, no, no, that we will absolutely flash the bat signal. We just have to hope you're not all saving the world some, somewhere when we do. No, brother, I understand. It's brand building 101, man. So I'll be I'll be around when you're ready for me. We'll bring a little country music to your show. I love that. I love that so much. So then before we get into the politics of the day and the business at hand, uh, a word on uh, TK, Toby Keith. 
uh, it was just as great as they come, was he not? Yeah, he was, man. I mean, and, you know, not just because he was a great singer-songwriter. Yeah. This, this, guy, this guy was a real deal just as a human being. Yes. I mean, he, he was a, a real patriot, He a real family guy. Um, he mm-hmm. was the same off stage as he was on stage. Yep. I, I played shows with him all the way back to the mid nineties when I was in Lone Star and wow. then of course with Big and Rich. Yep. He was an awesome guy, man. It was a huge loss for everyone. Yep. It really was. And but the thing I really appreciate you speaking to is like he was a guy like yourself, very heavily invested in the prosperity of this country. And, you know, that that to me, you know, is the ultimate testament to character. Because when you've made it yourself, Okay, it really doesn't matter what the country does. You're fine, you know, but to still be there giving back and fighting for a future, you know, I think is the ultimate testament to a high caliber human being. Yeah, I think he made I think the number was 12 USO trips. And these were not like to Germany and Japan and stuff like that. You're talking about the most dangerous places in the Middle East. He was going over there taking time off the road. You don't get paid for that. Going over there and making sure that the troops saw him and got to hear a concert, give them a morale boost. I mean, over and over and over. So when you hear those patriotic songs that Toby Keith wrote and recorded, you know, he didn't put those out thinking this, this will sell a lot of records. No, he put those songs out because that's how, by God, that's how he felt about it. And it just so happens millions of us also felt that way. And that's why those songs became such classics. I said this in an interview a couple of days ago that Toby Keith accomplished something that most people will never accomplish, and that is he created songs that will outlive him. His yep. content will live on forever and ever in America, and that, that's the ultimate testament to him and his talent. Yep, really great point. Uh, we thank you for making it. Uh, John Rich is on the line, country music superstar in his own right. Uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, one thing Toby was not singing about when he was writing songs like Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue was a world where the Supreme Court was hearing a case about taking a presidential candidate off the ballot. Isn't this the most ridiculous thing you've ever watched? Uh, it is. I will tell you, though, I was pleasantly surprised, as I'm sure you were, to hear even Kentonji Jackson yep. and some of the liberal justices say, hang on a minute. Yep. So you're saying if we rule in favor of Colorado, then down the road, states get to decide who's on the ballot and who is not. This could go both directions. Yep. Uh, I don't think this is a good idea. No. So it, it's so out there that even they couldn't figure out a way to back that up. <laughs> it is. It's so bananas. Uh, but what I think it, it really speaks to, for real, is I don't know that Colorado thought this was going to work. I don't know that Maine thought this was going to work. I think like a lot of the indictments that surround Trump right now, the process is the punishment, meaning they don't need a conviction in the court. They need a conviction in the court of public opinion, because if they just surround him with enough chaos, I guess they think we'll overlook the actual chaos we have under Joe Biden. Well, whoops a daisy, because that did not work. Have you seen Trump's <laughs> poll numbers lately? The more they attack him, the more they the more they drag him through the ditch, the higher his numbers go, because the American people, they know what's up. Mm-hmm. And they're waking up by the millions every single day. The more over the edge the left gets in how they attack Trump, the more people that don't even like Trump yep. are waking up to the fact of, hang on a minute, what is going on in the country right now? So I say... Uh, Bring it on. I mean, let's hit him with a few more indictments before we get to the election. But let's get him up around 65 percent. You know, uh, this has backfired on them in a way that that is unimaginable. 
That's really funny. We're talking to John Rich. I'm laughing because it's true. And I, I even think of, you know, the last the, the Nevada primary this week, Nikki Haley ran and lost to anybody but you, I believe, was the was what she I mean, that's got to be a punch in the soul a little bit. No. Why is Nikki Haley even in the conversation? I mean, she's really not in the conversation. I think, listen, it's it's interesting how back in like Vietnam, uh, the Democrats were the ones that were against war. You know, they were putting rifles in the barrels of uh, putting flowers in the barrels of the rifles. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans were known as the ones that wanted to start war all the time. Well, when Trump showed up, he didn't start any wars. He didn't do any of that. He yep. was he was brokering peace deals in the Middle East. And now you've got the left wanting to be in perpetual war, and you've got some neocon Republicans like Nikki Haley. And Lindsey Graham and people that turn my stomach like that on the right that want to stay in war. And again, Jimmy, Americans are waking up to the fact of, hang on a minute. Why are we in this war again? Yeah. Why are we taking care of other countries when our country is down on its knees right now? So the worse things get, the more people wake up, and I hope the better the outcome once we all live through this process. Yeah, I think you make a really good point, by the way, about people waking up because the border bill, the border bill is sixty billion for Ukraine, twenty billion for America. I'm like, how are we, as the ones cutting the check, selling ourselves short as hard as we are? You know, isn't that right. weird? Well, there's that on the international level, but on a on a local level, we're, you know, New York's given fifty million plus dollars of credit cards to illegal aliens while their own citizens. Uh, can't afford to buy bread, milk, and eggs. Yep. And let me tell you, the Bronx, I heard Trump may be doing a rally in the Bronx. I mm-hmm. hope he does yep. because people are starting to figure out that they've been played and that on both sides of the aisle they've been played. And it seems like Trump is the only guy out there that the entire system hates. A lot of the Republicans hate him. All the Democrats hate Trump. The system hates Trump, and the system is evil. That's why we support Trump. Mm-hmm. We support the one that the system hates. It's that simple, man, and I think that's how this thing's going to roll. It's going to be a hell of a show because they ain't going to stop swinging. It's like the question I keep asking my friends, John, is like if they're call- – it's only February and they're calling him Hitler. It's like in comedy they say you don't open with your closer, okay? I would think Hitler's the closer. Where do you take it from here between now and November? Well, I, I think I hope he's got good security. I'll put it that way because <laughs> scary, I any system, Jimmy, mm-hmm. any system, and I mean both sides of it, that will do what they've done to him in court, that will do what they've done to him personally and otherwise trying to get him out of here. Why are they so afraid of him becoming president? When he was president, we had a good economy. We had – you know, we, we didn't have millions of people running across the border like we do now. None of these problems existed, so why wouldn't they want him back? There's a reason. And the reason is Trump has their number. Right. Trump knows who's who and what's what and who's been doing what to, to the American people for all these years. And I think they know if he ever gets back in there, their time is up. Man, so it is wild, man. Like, it really it really is. The one thing that fascinates me getting past the implications for the country is as a just as a sports fan. OK, just talking to this through the lens of sports. It is so fascinating how Trump as a competitor is willing to fight this many people because, you know, there's a world where his life is a lot easier. Like if Trump got out of bed tomorrow and truth social, I'm out. He actually does have a lot easier life. Does he not? 
Well, let me speak to that. So yeah. I know him pretty well. Yeah. Yes, he would have an easier life and however many years he has left, he's in his late 70s. Yeah. But his grandkids yep. and kids that bear the Trump name that he'll never meet will not have an easier life if they have any life at all. Yeah. And so I think when you're fighting for something like that, that you're trying to protect future generations, who does that remind you of? Yeah. How about the founding fathers? Yep. They were fighting for future generations of America, Jimmy and John and all the rest of us. Yep. I think that's how he looks at this. It is that big of a deal that well, if he doesn't get in there and straighten this mess out, there won't be an America for our grandkids to inherit. Well, it's, a, it's, it's, it's really heavy to hear you say that, but it's true. And like the founding fathers, uh, the liberals are going to tear down all his statues too someday. <laughs> that's okay. We'll build another one out here in the woods in Tennessee. <laughs> Damn right you will. You got to kill time while all that meat's cooking in the smoker, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, turn, we'll have a giant uh, DJT green egg smoker. Yeah, well— oh. It, the smoke will come out of his hair in the top. It'll be perfect. Dude, the idea, though, I know you're half joking, but if you were selling a DJT smoker, dude, there is gold in them <laughs> hills, by the way. Let's let's go on Shark Tank. I'll buy your plane ticket. I'll get Kevin O'Leary on the phone. Let's go make that cash. Come on. And, and the, the whole catchphrase, your barbecue will be fantastic. Of course <laughs> it will. It's the best barbecue ever. <laughs> you can make, you can even make Chinese spare rib from China. You know that whole thing <laughs> from China. Oh, yes. That's, that's, oh, it's yeah. Listen, I'm glad I'm glad we've got guys like you, Jimmy, that keep everybody laughing and grinning because. Not a lot of things are funny these days. So no. thank you for the job you're doing, and really proud of you on your new show, man. You keep kicking ass. All right, man. The bat signal's coming. I'll see you soon, John. Love you, brother. Be well. All right, brother. There Take he care. goes. The great John Rich telling it like it is. Trump is in a got-no-choice situation. You know the Rocky Four soundtrack, There's No Easy Way Out? There's no easy way. There just isn't. I mean, you really, if you were to think about Trump the man, I'm not talking to you politically, okay? Just Trump the human being. He's a billionaire, okay? I don't know what's left of his money. He's a, so much of his business empire attacked, but he's worth a lot of money, okay? Mar-a-Lago alone is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. The idea that the New York uh, judge tried to devalue Mar-a-Lago and say it was worth like $20 million, Mar-a-Lago is surrounded on that peninsula. If you've ever been down the West Palm, everything around it is worth $100 million, but somehow the home of a former president that includes a country club isn't worth anything. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But they did that as a means of weaponizing the justice system against them. Trump is being charged in a case in which the court can't identify a victim. They're putting him on trial because they're saying he misrepresented the value of his properties so he could borrow against them. But he's not being accused of defaulting on the loans. He's not being accused of a single solitary late payment. Yet they're trying to come after him and throw him in jail. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, you understand, like, there really is something unprecedented happening here, and it's obviously designed with keeping him out of the White House in mind. If Trump were to get out of bed right now and be like, I'm out. You know what? I got a supermodel wife, and she's still into me. You know what I'm saying? I love it when you talk dirty. But I'm just telling you, you know, I'm out. I got money. I got a supermodel wife. My golf handicap's never been better. I've lost weight. I'm just going to go hang out, live out the rest of my life. He'd have a better life. Okay, there's no argument. Better life. 
Okay, why do you think Michelle Obama is never running for president? Michelle Obama hated the White House the first time. She's a billionaire. She's living a spectacular life. She doesn't want anything to do with this. She doesn't want to go hang out with you. She go hang out with the little people and work a rope line in Iowa and all over South Carolina, Nevada, everything in between. She doesn't want anything to do with retail politics, let alone the public persecution that comes from being in the arena. Now you apply that to Donald Trump, a guy who is physically under threat from our legal system for every moment of his existence, who's the target of like 99 percent of all ridicule in mainstream media who is being prosecuted under 91 different indictments as a U.S. president who also happens to be the first president indicted, meaning it's not normal. Nothing they're doing to him has a precedent. Doesn't mean he's a saint. Doesn't mean he's the best guy who ever lived. John Rich didn't say that. I'm not saying that. But it does mean his life is easier if he walks away because it all goes away. They're not going to keep prosecuting him. They don't want him in office. That's what this is about. If he agrees to not be in office, truce, they'll shake hands. The mafia will make that deal with you. Give them what they want. They let you go. Okay, but you understand in this moment, he can't walk away as a competitor. There's the idea of his ego. And then there's the idea that if these people retained this power, Lord knows what they might do to the country. Okay, they are very, very reckless in terms of their craven obsession with power. In the summer of 2020, they told you with a straight face we needed to get rid of police. Do you think that was any good for society? Of course it wasn't. Okay, at one point when they turned the vaccine into a culture war, they said we should fire people from their jobs if they didn't get it. Knowing full well it wasn't working to stop transmission, people were dying. Knowing full well that they had bashed it on the campaign trail. Okay, they've told you it's a battle for the soul of our nation because Trump didn't condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But they ran with a straight face and said he didn't condemn them. Like they were willing to light the country on fire because they wanted the unrest to scare you away from Trump. You know, and I think most objective observers that have watched politics for the last four years, for real, I'm being honest with you. I think most people have said to themselves, you know, Trump's a little crazy. But the Democrats are crazier. Bingo, man. Bingo. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, newly crowned New York Times best-selling author. Shut up! Will you shut up? Oh, I'm talking about it. Few men have accomplished more with less. I think he's got a point. Dude, I showed up here with a taxi. I got nothing. I'm proud of us. This is our win, not just mine. It's yours. I'm pumped up. In the next hour, I'll tell you who's pumped up. Byron Donalds. Superstar representative, 19th Congressional District of Florida. B.D., as you know, is a fan favorite on this show and every show he goes on. He's just he's just a home run dude. Very funny. His family's wonderful. Uh, his kids are great. I've met them all. They're great. The people you hear on this show repetitively, repetitively, any lawmaker gets on once. But if you hear him on five times, it's because I met him, I talked to him, and they're the same person. You know, John Rich was just talking about the late, great Toby Keith. And he was like, the Toby Keith character that you know as a singer and a performer is not a character. It's just a human being. Toby Keith 
was that guy. And he went over and visited the troops on all the USO tours, and he gave back in every way you possibly could. Uh, And having attained all the success one could possibly attain in this life, he continued to try and lift up the people around him. That is the true character of a successful life. You know, anybody can make it and be like, I'm good. You guys are on your own. But he wasn't that guy. And the truth is the lawmakers I bring on this show aren't that guy. They're the guys that want to help the country. Okay, believe me, 85% of Washington, almost like 85, maybe 90% is completely full of But Byron Donalds, he's going to give it to you from the heart. So buckle up, buttercup, because we are throwing the fastball when we come back on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Final hour of the day on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Pretty sharp show so far. Wrong. Oh, come on. It's a tough crowd in the control room. Uh, But perhaps a good choice of sound because Donald Trump factoring very prominently into today's news cycle. What with the ongoing SCOTUS battle to get him off the ballots in the general election. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Well, they are thinking like that. But, of course, the border deal as well. Byron Donald's going to stop by in this hour. Superstar representative from the great state of Florida. Someone who who I dare say is a fantastic audience member. B.D. uh, and his lovely wife Erica came to see me down in Naples at the Off the Hook Comedy Club uh, back in November and uh, behaved very well. And I got to be honest, I took some shots at Congress. BD's a big guy. This could be a problem. Yeah, no, for real. He could have Will Smith me and I would have had a real issue on my hands. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Thankfully, it did not come to that. Uh, But as we get on the air in this final hour of the day, it does feel like most of the country's on the verge of snapping. So we'll try to uh, lower the thermostat if you will, and dish out some, you know, sustainable advice. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. And I'm saying this to you as a New York Times bestselling author. Some of you don't know that uh, because you haven't been besieged by all of my posts on social media. But if you missed the top of today's show, uh, Jimmy Fallon, your main man, uh, the first community college graduate to make the New York Times bestseller list. Polite time. Polite clap. And to be clear, it is aimed at you uh, because you, you you guys bought the book, um, you know, and that means a lot to me. Really awesome. Like, I, I've been saying this the whole time. I want this book to succeed because people will read it and get perspective. At least I have perspective. I don't have talent. I don't know anything. I'm not an expert. Okay, for real, my claim to fame is I beat Mike Tyson's punch out in 1987 and was a really big deal in my neighborhood. And with the help of some cheat codes, I was able to beat Super Mario Brothers. But as it pertains to, like, academic excellence, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, But I'll talk to you on the radio. 888-788-9910. So we're talking about the border right now. Uh, Man, oh boy. Uh, One of the reasons we're talking about the border as much as we are, obviously, is because it's a catastrophe. And... Obviously, we have broken a record every year that Biden has been in office for illegal border crossings. You have no idea how to defend a nation. No, he does not. Uh, But the truth is, I'm not even sure he knows what nation he's defending at this point. If you've watched some of the clips uh, we've been covering all day on the network, this week started with Biden 
telling an audience in Las Vegas that the first thing he did when he got elected president was speak to President Mitterrand of Germany. He then corrected himself and said the first thing he did when he got elected was speak to President Mitterrand of France. Why is it wrong a second time? Because Mitterrand was technically the president of France, but he died 25 years before Biden became president. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. Now we have a situation where multiple pool reporters are telling us that Biden twice during a private meeting Wednesday night talked about a meeting he had in 2021 with Helmut Kohl, the chancellor of Germany. He brought up two separate times the story of meeting with Helmut Kohl. The only problem, again, is that Helmut Kohl died four years before Biden became president. Okay, four years. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Not good. So when you see what's going on at the southern border, you understand, like, Biden's not in charge of the country. One of the reasons they want him on the ballot is because everything we see as a weakness, unelected bureaucrats that are controlling this country see as a strength. They want open borders. Whether they want them for the purposes of labor or they want them for the purposes of changing the electoral demographics, something that a year ago was considered a far right conspiracy theory. Oh, the great replacement theory. Look at the racist fear mongering. Now they flat out admit it. Yeah, the demographics are changing. We're redistricting Congress and the Republicans are just mad about it, but they're actually leaning into what they told you a year ago was a racist conspiracy theory. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. But when it comes to the border, this is the ultimate performance art. Okay, the border is a crisis. We've broken a a record for illegal border crossings four straight years. Okay, three straight years anyway. Stick with me. On pace to break one for a fourth. Because when Biden got into office, as you probably know, he rescinded Donald Trump's border policies. Ergo, the border went from something that was relatively secure to a college bar that doesn't check ID, at which point everybody who's not supposed to be there makes a run for it. So when you start talking about the situation at the border, you understand it is very much a crisis. It is very much a crisis of Biden's making. Bingo. So when they sit around now and go, oh, God, you, you know, these freaking Republicans won't let us close the border. What the hell? I've never seen anything like it in my life. Let's pass some legislation. Legislation, okay, that is on the table right now that we're going to talk to Byron Donalds about would not actually close the border. In fact, the legislation that was proposed would send $60 billion to Ukraine and spend $20 billion here. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. But you understand, okay, Peter Ducey, to his credit, and to a lesser extent, you're starting to get some pushback from the other networks as well. Why are the MSNBCs and the CNNs of the world starting to speak up about the border problem? Because the migrants are now in their cities. Correctamundo. Understand, if we've taken in 8 million people, the first 7 million of them came into Texas, was the liberal media saying a word about it? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. But now that all of these sanctuary cities who had claimed they wanted migrants in the first place, now they're being forced to take those migrants, at which point every one of these sanctuary cities is like, Get them out of here. Get them out. Oh, they're furious. Come on, we don't have room. 
We don't have the infrastructure for this. We need federal funding for this. Because you understand the political posturing behind the border was always a scam. Democrats and Republicans both voted for border wall security under Barack Obama and under George W. Bush. It wasn't until Trump ran for president on build a wall that they started to pretend walls were racist. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did you. Hey, we should be building bridges, not walls. If Trump won't let him in, we'll take him. We'll be a sanctuary city. And it was an easy position to take. Why? Because if Trump wasn't letting them in, you wouldn't have to worry about them winding up in a sanctuary city. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, but now the bureaucrats running this government are letting everyone in. Okay, human trafficking and drug smuggling is now a $2 billion industry at our southern border. And the sanctuary cities are now being forced to put their money where their mouth is, but they don't want to take anybody, which is hilarious. So when you start to see the pushback from Peter Ducey, uh, you know, that's not specifically new because he's been holding this administration accountable on the rare occasion that they call on him. But even the other networks are starting to notice what's happening, if for no other reason than because they're starting to bear the brunt of a lot of this overflow. Okay, I've played you a Bill Maher clip a few times this week, but here it is again. Clip 35. Part two of the acting is Joe Joe Biden saying, you know what, if you just give me a new law, a new law. Why doesn't the president can fix this? He already has the existing laws. And border patrol this, this will is tell you also that right silly. to your face. I need a piece of yeah. paper from Congress to deal with the border. No, you already have that. That's right. That's right. I admire your honesty. I do admire his honesty on that. Because when the Democrats get out there and go, oh, you know, the border's a problem. The Republicans won't work with us. That's the issue. Not even close. The issue is the people who were in charge on day one that rescinded all of our border protections. Here's Peter Ducey fighting with Karine Jean-Pierre about it at the White House, clip 30. So you guys talk a lot, including today, about how the border wouldn't be such a big deal if Congress would have just passed your immigration bill on day one. Who was in charge of Congress on day one? Oh! So it's been three years. It's been three, three whole years, more than three years, more than a thousand days. And look, this is a difficult issue, obviously. This is a difficult issue. And what we have said is that Congress has to act, right? Congress, Democrats, Republicans have to act. But in those three years, it is true that Republicans have gotten in the way. They just have, Peter. They have consistently used immigration, the immigration system, the broken system, as a political stunt. That's what they've done. They've gotten in the way in trying to get more Border Patrol agents. They've gotten in the way in actually trying to fix what's happening, the challenges at the border. They did. I mean, come on, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Seriously? You are so full of sh- She didn't answer his question. Okay, well, you understand when she says, oh, Congress has to act. Republicans have gotten away. Here's a newsflash for you. When they got into power, they controlled the Senate and they controlled the House and they controlled the presidency, which means they could have done all of this with zero Republicans. Oh, wow. They caused this problem. They could have solved it if they think passing legislation solves it. They could have solved it without Republicans. They literally... Let all of the sex trafficking and all the drug trafficking go on at the southern border because they wanted the migrants in the country and they wanted to turn this into a wedge issue in the election. They can call Republicans racist now because somehow they're against all the migrants and they can claim that it's only a problem because the Republicans wouldn't help us. 
but they're literally insulting your intelligence because they rescinded the policies. You understand, Trump's last year in office, 400,000 people were encountered at the southern border. The next year, it was a million seven. The year after that, it was two million three. The year after that, it was two million four. We're now on pace for two million three. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, somewhere between two million and three million people will cross the southern border this year. You understand, because of policies that they put into place. So when she says, oh, the Republicans have gotten in the way, she had the vote. She didn't need the Republicans. So the old Saul Alinsky rules for radicals. Accuse your opponent of what you're doing. Okay, that's what they're doing. Okay, they're saying, oh, the Republicans, this is a political stunt. First of all, do you understand the Republicans didn't need to do anything. The border policies that were in place had reduced illegal border crossings by 80%. The Republicans didn't want any action taken on the southern border. They were fine with what Trump left in place. The Democrats got in, rescinded the policies, opened up the floodgates, and now they want a political win for putting out a fire that they started. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And believe me, this isn't a Fox News point. You heard Bill Maher say it on HBO. But here's Chris Murphy talking about it on MSNBC, clip 31. Well, I mean, Chris, that's been a failed play for 20 years. So you are right that that has been the Democratic strategy for 30 years, maybe. uh, And it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. This is also not 2013 any longer when we ran that play last. Back then, there were a couple hundred people showing up every day applying for asylum. Today, on some days, there are 8,000. And the reality is, is that the bulk of this country does not think that that's right or sustainable and wants us to change the reality at the border. But understand this, okay? when you start to hear things like, you know, KJP saying, well, you know, broken immigration system, we got to fix the broken immigration system. That's the problem. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. And why do I say that? Because you can tell me the broken immigration system is an issue in the sense that we process at different speeds and the people coming here legally. But understand, that's been an issue for 40 years. The reason they're coming in the numbers they're coming in right now under this administration is because we're letting them in. That's why they're coming. They're not coming because of the immigration system, because the immigration is something that you partake in the system if you come here Legally, I think he's got a point. Okay, the broken immigration system affects the people coming here legally. But what the Biden administration is doing by letting in another 8 to 10 million people is it's clogging the broken system that much more. And it's making the people who came here legally wait that much longer. So the idea that we're in this position and, you know, you should be mad at Republicans. Okay, I'm telling you because I care. Straight up clown stuff. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, moments away. I'm talking to Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, not happy about the border. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> and we also a little worked up, I'm not going to lie, about the effort to get Donald Trump 
off the ballot, uh, something the Supreme Court is dealing with as we speak. Really fascinating stuff. Here's Biden. And I mean this when I say, like, we're living in the death of shame. Here is Biden making the case that Americans now know the border's not secure because of Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. You are so full of shit. Is he ever? Listen to clip 32. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine, to make it clear to the American people that you work for them, not for anyone else. I know who I work for. I work for the American people. That was embarrassing. He works for the American people. That's why he let 8 million people into the country. That's why he's presiding over a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. And that's why child sex trafficking is now a $2 billion industry at our southern border. Does that sound like a guy who's working for the American people? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. It's so embarrassing to me. Like, as a person, like, if you see me on TV, okay, and I say something, whether I get it wrong or I say a joke doesn't land the right way, which is rare, uh, obviously very rare when you got a man of my talent in front of the camera. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm being silly. But the point is, I am so self-conscious about what I'm doing. Like, even in this moment right now that you're listening to me coming out of your speakers, my brain, okay, you can't hear it. You hear my mouth, but my brain is like, hey, am I being honest about this? Is this the full story? Am I embarrassing myself by saying something that is performance art untrue? Like, am I, because I don't want to be a clown. You don't want to become the thing you hate. For Joe Biden, the guy who opened the border, he opened the border. Do you understand? He rescinded the Remain in Mexico policy that forced the cartels and the people they were trafficking to remain in Mexico until their asylum case was granted. You know what that meant? It meant people didn't even bother to come because if you're going to have to wait five years to get in, you don't show up. Okay, he rescinded that policy. He rescinded Title 42, which was a COVID era screening procedure that would have at least been testing the migrants for the very infectious disease that had closed your school, that had closed your church, that had closed your stores, and ultimately fired you from your job if you didn't play along and get the vaccine that he himself was bashing on the campaign trail. You see, Joe Biden is a lifelong politician. He has no shame. These people are beyond shame. He doesn't feel shame to get in front of a camera and go, the American people will know that Donald Trump and the Amagrip, no self-respecting person thinks Donald Trump, the guy who ran on build a wall, is against border security. You can tell me Trump's against this bill because it doesn't provide actual border security. It provides Biden with the claim that he addressed the crisis, but the crisis only gets bigger. It's like, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act that was actually a climate bill in disguise. That's what they're doing here. And that's why people have every right to not take these jackasses seriously. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up to talk to this next guest, a superstar representative from the great state of Florida. Fan favorite on this show, uh, the lovely and talented. The team nobody wants to play, Representative Byron Donald's back in the program. Hey, man. 
Jimmy, what's going on, man? The Super Bowl's going on, BD. We're fired up over here. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a big game, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes, that's all I got to say. Damn, that's – listen, I'm, I keep going back and forth on this because, obviously, he's the best talent on the field, head and shoulders above everybody else out there. But there's this other part of me in that this season becomes such a punchline if he loses. Now, I can't root against him, but if Taylor Swift loses after all of this, isn't it kind of funny? <laughs> Taylor Swift. Man, listen, first of all, why is everybody so distracted with her? I know. Like, you know, she's, you know, obviously pop star, no no denying that, yep. but, you know, who cares? She's not on the field. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you make, listen, you make good points. I'm with you. I, I think a lot of the football people, it's it's a weird criticism, though, because some of the football people are like, oh, they show her too much. But the truth is, if you grew up watching the NFL, anytime you were watching a, a blowout, they immediately turned it into an exercise of the cameraman finding hot girls in the stands. Do you remember that as a kid? I remember it as a kid, but I mean, can we, can we establish something for a second? Mm-hmm. Is Taylor Swift hot? <laughs> Listen, it's, uh, I for my money, no, it's not. No, it's not my thing. So if me and you were going to have that discussion, uh, but let's we're better off having it here than on Twitter, or we're going to be on the wrong yeah, side of three billion. Yeah, I know. Tweets. What is it? What is it? The Swifties? The Swifties yeah, yeah. Will come after me? No, the, the and, and look. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, honestly, you know, the thing that matters to me is the game. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. It's not a question. But the key for this game for me is: can the Kansas City Chiefs stop the run? Mm-hmm. And if they can stop or slow down Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. it's the Chiefs' game to lose. Oh, I'm gonna is... go with the Chiefs. I think I think the Chiefs' defense can slow down the run. Well, this is big talk because you are, and the audience knows this, um, the most successful sports handicapper in the history of the show. Like I'm, I'm still, I still half believe uh, Congress should just be letting you bet games, and maybe we'd solve the deficit issue. Uh, yeah, we would actually work out. We'd make some money. <laughs> Maybe a little better than what we're doing. So did anyone, did anyone take this border bill seriously when it came your way? In the House? Yeah. No. no I mean, some of the Democrats did, but that's just politics. But all it took was reading about 10 pages of this thing. Once you got past all the money we were going to give to Ukraine and, and, <laughs> and, and basically Hamas to the Palestinian people. Yeah. And once you got past that and you saw what the actual uh, measures were, and what you when, I mean, look, five thousand people a day, Jimmy's a one point eight million people a year. Yeah, that's step one. Step two is even the emergency procedures. They would only let them use them for about two hundred days a year. Yeah. And then the third thing, Jimmy, was the emergency procedures to secure the border. They would expire in three years under this under this bill. So if this if it's such good procedures to secure the border, why does it expire? Yeah. Like it's stuff like that. So once you read it, you're like, no, this is stupid. This is a dumb deal. I'm not supporting it. Yeah. Uh, the thing I was most happy about is that Senate Republicans stood up to Mitch McConnell and told him no. Yeah, because and that was a great thing. That was a win because he was initially posturing like he wanted people to support this, right? Oh yeah, no, McConnell wanted this bill because McConnell wants Ukraine funding. Yeah. So that's why McConnell wanted this bill. And so he wanted it because it would be his way to get Ukraine money across, which is what he wants. Yeah. But uh, but the reality is the bill is terrible. There's no way Republicans should have supported it. And I'm glad that we did not. No, what's fascinating about it, we're talking to Representative Byron Donalds from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. What's fascinating about it is they're basically on the Democratic side of the aisle trying to get credit for putting out a fire they started. Okay, we only have the border problem because they rescinded Trump policies. But to be clear, the bill they're proposing, which they would claim was a legislative win, wouldn't actually solve the problem. It would just get them election year kudos. Is that essentially what this was? That is exactly right, because the flow would continue. Um, It would just be orderly. 
Mm-hmm. What they were going to do is just process everybody at the southern border as opposed to actually make sure that they don't come into the country. Yeah. That's what they were going to do in the bill. I mean, they would do it through points of entry at the southern border yeah. as opposed to illegal points of entry, Jimmy. So they're, so they're coming. It's just how we process them, and that's the illusion. Yes. Yeah, this, yes. is, this is why people hate Washington, um, and we appreciate you calling it out for what it is. Uh, another question, though. Are you throwing a challenge flag at the Supreme Court justice case today? Because essentially I watch the morning arguments myself. I don't know how much you've seen, but we're watching an effort to bar Trump from the ballot over a crime he's not being legally charged with. Isn't that a racket? I mean, that's Democrat politics today. It's not happening. Nobody's brought the case that it's happening, but they call it so, and then they want everybody to act on on their terms. That's the Democrats through and through. And so I think that the court's going to do the right thing. They're going to say this is foolishness, and they're going to basically tell Colorado you cannot do this because if you're going to use the 14th Amendment, you actually have to charge somebody with insurrection. Yeah. And that's not happened. It's so it's bizarre because I all of the stuff we're talking about, it just looks so transparent to me. And I'm not over here, you know, hosting a radio show with a 1600 on the SATs. I don't even know that I took the SATs. I was I was doing OPP in the 90s. I wasn't even doing the SATs. But I think it's uh, God. I'm sorry. You should not tell people exactly what OPP means. (laughs) Byron Donalds has become standards and practices on this show, which is not good. It's not a good look for the show. But the point is, okay, if it's that obvious to me, I know the rest of the country sees it. And it's the other thing I wanted to bring up is like we're basically in the first week of February. And there's a desperation within the Democratic Party, I think, when it comes specifically to black voters and Latino voters. And I think we're already seeing the rhetoric ratchet up against Republicans. Republicans all being a bunch of racists. Like, do you see as a black member of Congress yourself the fact that their grip, maybe their monopoly on the black vote is starting to slip? Oh, yeah, it's it's a real problem. It is slipping. And the reason why is because their policies, especially with respect to mm-hmm. illegal immigration, uh, is hurting black is hurting a lot of black people in urban areas. Mm-hmm. You know, when kids get kicked out of a school because it's too cold outside, well, you know whose kids are getting kicked out of a school in inner city New York? Black people, mm-hmm. Hispanic people. When rec centers are being closed because they need shelters for migrants, who's getting kicked out of those shelters? Uh, about those rec centers, mm-hmm. uh, mostly black kids, mostly Hispanic kids, poor white kids. That's who's getting kicked out. Out of there, Jimmy. Yep. And so this is coming to this is coming to the fore. Everybody's seeing the MSNBC clip where they're trying to compare <laughs> how people's money was flowing when Trump was that. president versus Biden was president. Yep. And what those brothers said in that clip is real. It is being felt all through the country. Um, when I talk to people who are we you know are on the Democrat side of the aisle, uh-huh. they tell me the same thing. They're like, Man, we're hemorrhaging black men. Yep. It's a real problem. And so this is going to continue, but it's be- it's not because uh, of anything except that Joe Biden's a terrible president. He's bad at this. Now, as a Republican, our job is to actually demonstrate what our agenda is, how that is beneficial for black Americans, Hispanic Americans, white Americans, etc. Mm-hmm. And that's why they should be voting for us. Imagine and if that. we do that, we're going to do just fine in November. No, I think that's amazing. And I love that you saw that MSNBC clip, because can we agree they did not set up a shoot in the barbershop looking for the reaction they got? 
Listen, the barbershop will tell you, Jimmy, that's where a lot of stuff goes down in the community. Oh, I'm aware. I was just just at Floyd's in L.A. I got a nice touch-up for my TV show this weekend. Did you uh, get the Kelsey? Did you get the Kelsey, Jimmy? Is that what they're calling it now? (laughs) I did not. I got the Jimmy, which I don't know what you (laughs) – I don't know what you consider this, uh, but it's, it works, BD. It works. Um, last question then. So do you guys yeah. throw, throw down? Are you having a Super Bowl party? No, nah, I'm not having a Super Bowl party. Jimmy, I'm working on behalf of the American people. It's a, a Sunday night. That was the most political answer you've ever given in the history <laughs> of this like show. One, right? Good for you. So what does that nah, mean? No, no, no. I'm just going to hang out at home, yeah. you know, watch the game with, with my family, probably yeah. a couple friends. That's, That's all we do. It. That's all I do. And the one thing I would just tell you, everyone listening should know this. The rule has to be if you go to somebody's Super Bowl party, shut up when the commercials come on because you want to hear them and you want to watch the game. Like the Super Bowl is a spectacle, but at the end of the day, like I want want to watch the game so i need to keep all the parade floats out of the living room 100 listen watch the game watch what patrick Mahomes does eat a lot of food chicken wings preferably Amen. and then you just go on from there and enjoy it enjoy life you nailed it you know in america we have to be able to enjoy sports yes and comedy if yes. we can do that the country will just be much happier yeah we actually have a chance that's the whole point i keep saying we're winning the war on fun on the republican side of the aisle thank you uh, BD, take a bow. Stellar stuff as always. Enjoy the Super Bowl, man. All right. See you, Jimmy. You're the greatest. There he goes. Byron Donalds from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. And what does he say? Got to go back to enjoying sports and comedy. I agree with that. You actually, you do. One of the reasons I am now sitting here on the airwaves as an obnoxious New York Times bestselling author, it's not because I'm particularly enlightened as a writer. It's because the whole book is an appeal to getting our lives back from the people who want to upend all the places we go for joy. That's what cancel culture is. Somebody showing up to a comedy club where 300 people paid to laugh because they need to escape the torments of everyday life. Hey, let's go laugh at our problems tonight, honey. We'll pay a cover charge and a two-drink minimum. 99.999% of the people who do that are doing it because they want to have a good time. There's this one one hundredth of a percent of a person who actually wants to ruin that for everybody else who walks in the door. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Of course it is. But it was able to succeed for a while because in the infancy stages of social media, we didn't realize cancel culture was like 12 people. 12 people who had three followers and no profile picture who were just angry that a celebrity said something. And because somebody would start tweeting at a hashtag like, fire this guy, the corporations would be like, oh, God, this is bad publicity. We don't want the fire this guy hashtag. Let's just fire the guy. And they fire the guy. And a day later, the problem or issue would never be talked about again. There was no actual tangible improvement to society by anything that got canceled. When they whacked Aunt Jemima, In the name of some type of equality, all they did was screw a black family out of 130 years worth of royalty checks. Okay, test scores in black schools still down. Okay, and the only thing higher than the crime rates are the people who think these woke bail reforms work. Everything woke turns to But it's like the Native American mascots. They whack the Redskins. They whack the Cleveland Indians. Okay, when they were done doing that. And the league now got rich from being able to sell all new jerseys. Did they reach out to Native Americans and give them a couple of bucks? Not a penny. Okay, if you haven't seen my cancel culture documentary on Fox Nation, 
I speak with the Native American tribe that's fighting to bring back the Washington Redskins logo. And it's so fascinating to hear the real story. That's all I want. All I, oh man, all I ever want is the real story. Go think for yourself. I love knowing stuff, like finding out truths because it allows you to see the world. You know, in a totally different way, with a totally different energy. So you go like, oh, that's the full scope of the conversation. The problem now is we're devoid of nuance in so many ways. We speak a very reductive language where everything's either the greatest thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. That's how, like, it's how they get you made at cops. You watch eight seconds of a police interaction, and you're like, no, no, can't do that. No, bad cop. But they don't show you, like, the previous minute and a half where the guy was swinging a knife, resisting arrest, punching the cop, or abducting a woman like he did in the case of Jacob Blake. Think about the Jacob Blake story. Jacob Blake abducts a woman at knife point. He sexually assaults a woman at knife point in front of the child that he's abducted at knife point. Okay, black child, black woman, order of protection the woman has against Jacob Blake. He shows up with a knife, starts swinging it around, sexually assaults the woman in front of the kid. The cops come. He fights the cops. He gets shot. Okay, he's paralyzed from the waist down. Not good. I'm not happy about that. But they want you to believe the cops only shot him because they don't like black people. But, folks, the cops risked their lives to fight him because they were trying to protect two black people. That's true. That is true. Do you see how manipulative the context of this is? But that's what cancel culture becomes. It, it denies you a full Discussion. Native Americans donated the Redskins logo. They wanted it on the helmet because it was a point of pride. They wanted representation. And the man on the helmet, if you understand, okay, saw the Redskin name as the highest honor of warrior one could attain. Painting your face red to lead the tribe into into battle was the highest honor a brave could achieve, and that's what they wanted the team to be called. But white people showed up and were like, no, it's not good for the Native Americans. We're canceling the Redskins. We're canceling the Indians. We're calling them Native Americans now, even though they call themselves Indians. We're taking over. It's like Latinx. The white people tell you what you call yourself if you're a minority in this country. The real racists, they're all on the left. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right, you're right. You're right. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth your radio buddy. Uh, but let, let's talk about it because this matters. Um, we have just confirmed for the American people that the human highlight reel, Kennedy, will be making her debut on Fox News Saturday night this weekend. <laughs> Kennedy, of course, the woman who gave me my start in radio and television, well, television, which ultimately became radio. Uh, somebody I wanted on the first episode of the show. We had some logistical issues. Uh, you might even hear them discuss Saturday night, but it is a Big deal. It is a huge deal for me to have her on the show. Michelle Tafoya is going to be there talking about the Super Bowl, longtime NFL sideline reporter, uh, comedian Gina Brione, uh, Brett Azar, who plays the Iron Sheik on Young Rock. He'll be there as well. Mike Rowe is making a cameo. And you're going to see an awful lot of Jimmy Fallon on Hollywood Boulevard because we're taking the show on the road this weekend. So really wild stuff as we get to the 
home stretch of what has been a banner week for my personal life, uh, a banner week only possible because of your support. I know I talk a lot about this book, but the idea that a guy like me who went to community college uh, is on the New York Times bestseller list is only possible because of people like you who get it. Most people wouldn't even attempt to publish a book by someone with my acumen, but because you guys created a demand for me on TV and radio, publishers ultimately saw a demand for my content in their space, and we are absolutely positively here here because of you. So it's not possible because of you. So when I say this is our win, it is very much our win. Does that mean I'm going to share the royalties? <laughs> but moving forward, uh, you guys are the best. If you didn't buy the Cancel Culture Dictionary, please do. Um, everybody you know should read this, Every, especially the people who disagree with you. Go, hey, because like, I'm not arguing like be a Republican now. What I'm arguing for is not a way to own the libs. I don't want to own the libs. I don't even want to rent the libs, and I can't rent the libs because they're using all of their apartments as migrant shelters at this point. But when we get on uh, the topic of cancel culture, you come to realize how the way we're fighting over every stupid, innocuous thing is what's ultimately harming Americans as a whole. It's not a Republican book. It's not a Democratic book. It is an American book. Just the way this show is an American show, just the way my TV show is an American show. You know, if you're coming to see me do stand up, okay, over the summer, you're not going to show up and be like, oh, I'm a liberal. I'm going to get it now because you're not going to get it now because I'm there to be funny. And as I tell you every day, comedy does not have a political party. Comedy is a party. You are correct, sir. So we roll into a wild, wild evening. If you're going to be watching the telly tonight, this whole Trump Supreme Court battle is going to continue to rage. At some point, we're getting the Biden classified document dump, and we're going to get the full investigatory report on that. It is, I mean, man, if ever there was a time... For our motto, uh, espousing coolness, espousing some type of restraint, it is absolutely tonight because if any of these things play out and we get some type of final conclusion, it's going to be real chippy on social media. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. Well, not you and me. Uh, you and me are going to go to the bar because this show is over. <laughs> Pay up and get out. Uh, and remember to be a Republican, to be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask, man, just don't be a... Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.